Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and this is episode 98. Today is a special episode on the practice of remembering. It is our tribute to Reverend Dr. Tim Tang. Let's do this. Hey everyone, thank you guys so much for joining us on this very special episode. Now, if you listen very closely, you'll probably hear the sounds of chewing and cutting. We'll do our best to edit it out. But this is a very special episode. We're spending some time to remember our good friend, Reverend Dr. Tim Tang. And we're doing some of the activities that he enjoyed the most. We are at Tyndale. We are eating some great barbecue smokish meat. We have coffee brought and and ready for a little bit later. We're having a non-alcoholic Chardonnay because we're at Tyndale. But he, you know, he enjoyed. He enjoyed the good things in life. Not not the de-alcohol part. (laughs) Not that part. No, 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 no. He was was about the real deal. He was about the real deal. We'll have it another time. (laughs) But we wanted to do this episode because the practice of remembering is important for us. And what does it mean for us as followers of Jesus, the church, to be human, to be able to remember, especially when someone who has been an impactful part of our lives, and the four of us have been friends and co-workers with Tim, that remembering that person is important for us in our faith, and in a way to celebrate also God's faithfulness in the midst of it, as we think about what does it mean to continue to move forward and to move through this and to sit in it as well. And so we really want to just do a special episode and we're going to be sharing, you know, some thoughts, some memories, you know, we'll probably have a lot of laughter, there might be some tears, but Tim was a very special person for all of us. And it was a very sudden passing away and very unexpected And yeah, we're all going to miss him. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today as we, you know, remember our friend. And in doing this, we're going to do it in a couple different ways. Because Tim was a lot of, you know, a a lot of things to a lot of people and a lot of things to to the four of us in particular. And you guys have heard just a a moment ago, you know, Shu Bernard, Z and I are all sitting together around a table eating this food. And we're going to just spend some time in memory. So let's talk a little bit about Tim as a friend. You know, what did it mean for Tim to be your friend? And, and what was that like in your life? So this summer, I dragged Tim to Berkeley. And it was... You dragged him? He, he didn't want to just go? He goes so everywhere. Because we had been talking about it, and I'd been waffling on it. And then the last minute, I was like, Tim, it's paid for. We might as well to go. And then he forgot to tell his wife, I think. (laughs) (laughs) These are confessions. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. And yeah, it was really fun. We were thinking and dreaming and goofing around. And I remember distinctly saying to Tim, like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we bring more Canadians down next year? Mm. 
But I think that's who Tim was in my life. We like alternated between really serious conversations in our advocacy work and then also really goofy conversations. One of the things that I really appreciate most about Tim out of that trip was I was going through a really hard time and he made sure I got home okay. He also packed my really thick Asian American theological reader in his bag because I was having trouble with my shoulder. And so he's like, don't worry about it. It's just going to go into my luggage. Um, So he carried it home for me. And then he drove me home only to tell me that he was going to get up in two hours to take his son to volleyball. So for me, that was like, that was a pretty good last trip with Tim. I was looking through my phone too for photos of me and him together. And then I realized like a whole bunch of people realized that Tim was the one who always took the photo. And so I have lots of photos of him with other people and none with me and him. I'm like, hmm, this is, this is a bit weird. But that's just who he was. He was like this goofy guy who made serious things like weighty and he handled them with grace, but he also lightened the mood. And then also he was just really fun to hang out with and eat with. And I would regularly laugh at him about his coffee tastes because I was a bigger snob than he was. But then he would always say to me, like, you know, this Taiwanese place is better than that Taiwanese place. And we'd, we had a running list of all the best Asian restaurants in the city. So that, that was my friendship with Tim. Thanks, Xenia. I don't know, like, with Tim, it's kind of like a, a friendship. It's also we part of these committees that we're dreaming together. Or it's, sometimes it's kind of like accidental friend hangouts when we bump into each other at conferences where we're the only Asian guys, <laughs> which happens more oh, than I, <laughs> happens more than I uh, <laughs> dare to say, you know, one of the memories that, you know, immediately comes to mind is when, when John, Paul and I, so Paul is one of our other friend who was doing our doctorate and we got turned away at the border and in a pinch, we needed a spot to, to do our course and I reached out to Tim and he immediately helped us find a room and he brought in his audio stuff, like basically set up the class for us. And just, I think that was some of the things that I remember how, like, he's just so quick to respond and he is, you know, we can talk about his advocacy later, but really like when, when Tim is for you, he's, he's really for you and he'll give whatever's on his back whoever needs it that was the interesting thing right like he was that with so many people yeah Yeah. and and we saw it at his funeral and tribute right like just so many people came out from so many different circles like people that would have never met each other on a regular setting right but that was kind of the space that he nurtures and cultivates yeah i always joke that that's that's the one party that Tim would have wanted to be in. Slash, I think um, he'd be really embarrassed. But it, but it's all for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he probably wouldn't want us to do an episode talking about him. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> he would hate it. So it's interesting. I, I think like I think actually out of all of us, I'm I'm the longest kind of like Chinese church bastion person in here from this area, and I'm not friends with Tim. I, I wasn't friends with him, but. It was so interesting because any time that we met, <laughs> first time we met was because of my ex-girlfriend. He was her pastor at the time and stuff like that. And he's like sizing me up 
And then it was like teens conference, you know, a lot of stuff that he's dealt with. And he uh, was helping with a lot of the worship because he was a really good bassist. And there were so many things with him that was like, I remember, like, if I'm honest, but this cocksure, you know, guy who was just like, he's a funny dude. But I was always like, oh, man, this guy, you know, like, he just thinks he's the badass or whatever kind of thing. But the more that I saw his ministry and the more people, like, because we always caught each other in different kind of ministry places, whether I was at his church for something or uh, Tyndale, something like that, he would always be so generous to people Mm. with his timing, how he essentially pastored people. And then to also hear kind of like him jumping um, into that, uh, the Tim Center uh, stuff was so fascinating to see him move into that role and even go beyond not just, you know, Chinese immigrant church kind of things. So, yeah, for me, it was just like, if anything, I regret not being his friend. That's something I regret, that we didn't have a lot of space. But I, I did a Facebook post, of, like, uh, right before his uh, funeral, basically saying, like, I didn't know him that well. But it's just any time we had interactions, it was like, yes, this is, this is a brother in Christ. You know, we're in this together. And it's just like, and he understood you didn't even need to say a lot of stuff and you can tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know you're dealing with that crap. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know this is this ministry frustration. Yeah, totally, man. And it's so interesting. I think that, you know, hearing so many stories of Tim and people sharing or whether it was on Facebook, on social media, that he did touch a lot of people's lives in a lot of different ways. And a lot of people, you know, just really highlighted that sense that there was, this was this guy, and he's like so well connected. <laughs> he was involved in so much, and yet everyone was like, "No." When when you talk to Tim, he was very present. He was very focused on you, and yeah, he had a lot of jokes. He was a goof, but he was this interesting convergence of all that, and just kind of being in his presence, like he was just there talking to you and he wanted to connect with you and he was interested in you. And, and I think it's a more and more rare thing to see in these days. And I remember even sometimes just even crossing paths with him at whatever conference or at like CBOQ assembly, or even in the halls of Tyndale here that he'll always stop and say hi and ask about something. He'll remember something about our previous conversations. And Follow up. He was in the know. He was in the know. He was very much in the know. He was yes, he was very much in the know. But more than the know, like he cared. He cared. Right? Like he can be in the know and not care. True. He cares enough that he reaches out and you know. So I did the memorial for him at the New Leaf conference last week and one of the things that I heard in hearing like gathering stories about Tim was that people would be struggling and feeling really alone or like they would it wouldn't be even on their radar, right? Like for other people to reach out, but Tim was consistently there. Like mm-hmm. He would just check in on people. So I don't know how he maximized time. Like he must have, I don't know. He Sup- must have done supernatural some like gifting. Doctor Who thing, you know? Like <laughs> timey-wimey. Time space. Yes, yes. Well, maybe that's why he got, when he was seconded, you know, by E.T. to do this, it, allowed him to pastor people in ministry. 
you know, allowed him to kind of ch- do that work that is sorely needed, <laughs> you know, that people need that. Yeah, for sure. And he was an example of that, you know? And like I was just saying, since it's so rare to see that, like, it does kind of take you a moment just to be like, yeah, this person actually really cares and he's there to kind of build me up. And yet he's doing this for so many people. Like, his funeral here at Tyndale was so packed that there were five overflow rooms. That's crazy. So crazy. And yet everyone told the same type of stories. And they shared about how he was a family man, how he was so passionate about the things in ministry. And he was also one of the few people, aside from Shu sitting next to me, where I could talk endlessly about music stuff and music gear. And I was someone who was also a recipient of when going through hard times, he would reach out. And then we'd go out to lunch and we'd chat through things and he'd share perspective and he'd try to encourage and just listen. But to hear that he did that with so many people was something that was, you know, just showed a very intentional way of life and an intentional way of interacting with others. I think what's cool too, like, I think all of us are younger than Tim and you know, he, There's no think about it. We are younger. Yeah, it's true. We are younger. <laughs> Xenia just wants to make that something clear, else. Um, by the way. <laughs> but just the fact that, you know, he cared for all these, like, younger leaders. But what, what is also kind of unique is how he often also builds relationship with the older leaders. Yeah. And he is very yeah. intentional about that. And not only building relationship with the older leaders, but he's trying to build like a bridge in many ways um, between the older and the younger. And that's so rare too. That's super rare. In the Canadian Asian context. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, you know, I, for, for me, some uh, hearing of the interactions, like they essentially started a lot of things like uh, him, him and his peers, like Chava Vizikar. I, I remember like trying to build up ministry leaders, pastoral leaders, and stuff like that. And even though I guess they don't meet anymore or or regularly, like, it's just like, they were, I could see, like, what they were investing into. And, yeah, Tim modeled that. He saw the need for it. I think he recognized, and, you know, you guys were just sharing earlier, how easily it can be to feel alone and to feel discouraged. And he himself has been through it, that he realized you know, on a lot of different levels, ministry, through being at Tyndale, and through the, you know, academic, and through pastoral ministry, like, he, he, he knew it. And, and he wanted to be a part of, of extending, you know, God's grace and encouragement through all those relationships he had. The first time I met with him, it was upstairs in his office. And I can't remember, well, you guys know me. When I sit down with someone, usually it's about, it's to hear what the other person has to say. And I want to get to know them. But Tim was the exact sort of person, so we just stared at each other. (laughs) 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 And so it was like a really awkward sort of, I don't know. Like it was just an awkward couple of first meetings in those, those early days. And 
finally we started to find things in common that we could talk about. But I just thought it was really, really funny because here was this guy who everyone said was really gregarious and like really interesting. And I couldn't get a single word out of him. He just kept wanting to ask about me. And I was like, no, 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 I want to hear about you. The battle of wills. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to blink first? You go first. (laughs) I remember the last time I saw Tim, and it was just a couple months ago before he passed away, and we were sitting at a luncheon as part of CBOQ assembly, and this was hosted by uh, CBM. And we're sitting there, and for some reason, we just started joking, and we couldn't stop laughing. And we were like laughing like hyenas, and we were talking about some random stuff that we just saw at the CBM office or something that was happening at assembly, and we're just making all these jokes. And, you know, in that moment, like, like, it was a reminder that, yeah, we're, we can just sit here and be ourselves. And it, for some reason, I can't even pinpoint how the conversation shifted. But as we were talking and joking about these things, we talked about, hey, wouldn't it be so cool if we can? And it had something to do with what we were just laughing about. But it kind of transitioned over to something that was like, man, we're in this together. Wouldn't it be cool to see if we can do something together towards these ends and to maybe addressing certain matters or towards being able to find a way to encourage others through it. And it was such a just... That was who he was. And it was so natural and all that. So like a kingdom-minded kind of collaboration. Absolutely. Endeavor. It's like kingdom-minded, but like in all these different sectors, right? Like you can see him in kind of the Tim Center intercultural stuff, but he also has a huge heart for the, the Chinese church. Like Paul and I and a couple others have been in a conversation with Tim for many years And I saw the intentionality of finding, like, more seasoned, like, Chinese leaders. I don't think it's specifically Chinese, but everybody on the call was Chinese. Um, (laughs) So it was. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like changing Chinese a community. Subversive. Subversive change. Anyways. um, But yeah, it was just like the intentionality of cultivating and forming that space. Which, you know, like maybe it's harder for other people or other people just don't see it. Um, but there, but he has a heart and has a desire to see. I think in general, I was just thinking about this the other day or talking to somebody about it, just that it's so hard to have people who can create those spaces. That, that they have both a rallying kind of gift and they're able to bring different groups of people when it becomes very territorial or you know it's just like oh well we're not doing the same thing you are or that kind of thing but then someone who has enough foresight to go it'd be great if if we could have these conversations and bring these groups together Mm -hmm. and no i was just gonna add like but someone who don't want to exert the power yeah to create it but actually really just opening up space right it's different if you enforce a space like that right you dictate you mandate like you force a conference out of it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's another to be like invited to the table. And that was what was so beautiful about this group. We haven't had a meal together in a long time, but we started out this group by eating at dim sum. It was over a meal. It was intentional in that space. 
Sometimes I just felt like Tim was like, I like you, I like you, and you two should meet. <laughs> I, I, like honestly, a matchmaker? <laughs> no. like uh, King, Kingdom matchmaker. King, kingdom but like, ma- partnership. But not like individuals. It was like en masse. And so at any given, and it was funny because we joke about this all the time. He'd be like, Xenia, you know way more people than I do. And I go, no, Tim, that's not, it's not possible. But then we'd be in a room and then sometimes because I like to people watch, I'd watch him. But the funny thing is that, so even at conferences we were running together, there were a couple things. He would be at the front of the room, but he'd, you know, he wouldn't, he would always like sort of shift the attention off of him. And then he would hide with me at the back because that's what we do. That was our thing. We would hide in the back. But then in the mingling times, I would just watch him actually just drift. And it was a very intentional drift. So I don't think people realize this, but he would start a conversation and then he would pull someone else into the conversation and then they would talk and then he would leave. <laughs> and he would do that multiple times over so that like multiple conversations were happening. Is that like wingman? No, it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, have you met my friend? <laughs> but it was so much more natural than that. It's like, I only have so much energy <laughs> to devote to this conversation, but here's someone else bringing in here. But he wasn't, he wasn't perfect. Like, I think there's a lot that was good about Tim, but there, he, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't perfect. I, I had the privilege of being his confidant for a lot of things. And it was really good for me as a younger person to see someone who was so seasoned in ministry to actually be frustrated about things mm-hmm. and to actually walk through it and say, like, okay, okay, this is out of my hands. I'm just going to give it to God. I didn't, I didn't realize how much of a confidant I was for him until I started talking with people. And I was like, oh, oh, that decision that he was talking to me about, I thought he was just blowing off steam. No, that actually turned out to be a real thing. Okay. But I was like, oh, like I, I was so privileged to be that person in his life. And I don't know why he picked me, but Dorothy, who now runs was the interim director of the Tim Center. And she said to me last week, she was like, oh, I can see why you and Tim got along like gangbusters. And I was like, hmm, okay. I'll take that as a compliment, I think. But probably all of his shortfalls and doing uh, paperwork and doing admin, I probably have those too. <laughs> That's probably why we got along. <laughs> like-minded, like character. Hates oh. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's someone who's like very authentic, you know? who's very open to share those frustrations and like he, he portrayed a person as like a human being, but also as like a pastor and in his roles that like was very honest about a lot of these things. He didn't try to come across as something bigger than he was, but who he was just became, you know, very connected and, and had a lot of influence. From his flock, from his congregation, like, cause I, I'm friends with a lot of them. He's such a real, he's such a real guy, like with his crap, but then like also, you know, just all of it put together was why they followed him and they stuck it through. Yes. And there's an enduring legacy for those people because, you know, it's just like, but it was just, I think what's cool is you could see how those people still matured and and grew through all that while their pastor was maturing, was maturing. And I see that too. Like when I... Back in the days when I'm seeing him, like, you know, doing a lot of TC stuff and, like, and then seeing his church and then all those people, like, follow him. But I could see it, too. Like, some of the stuff that 
mess that was messy in those times, they endured through it, not because he was a perfect dude, but because they're just like, oh, they could follow Christ within all that. They could go where Christ was leading them to. Their church has gone through so much junk, but what's really cool is how their church has now engaged their community. Yes. The intercultural relationships within the, the China, quote unquote Chinese church, right, that they developed within there, especially with a lot of the, the crap that they went through with their, their leadership, uh, like a lot of leadership problems, but they still work together through it all. Well, and it's not even just in, in, in his church. Like he, he got his church to reach out to the neighborhood. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I look at his church and I go, wow, that's, that's a real good thing that God is doing there. And that's because in part, of, in part because of Tim's faithfulness. That was actually the first conversation I ever had with Tim. Because I think when we were seminarians here at Tyndale, I heard about what they were doing at their church. I'm like, this is so fascinating. A Chinese church reaching out to the neighborhood and actually actually doing it <laughs> and not saying it. And just sitting there having a coffee with him and like the the posture and the openness of faithfully following where God's inviting them and not actually having all the answers, but really just intentionally, you know, working it out together in community. No, he he would say it's not him. He would say it wasn't his idea. It wasn't, you know, him who brought it together. There was other people that were there and that's like our good friend Reese was also, you know, there and he would probably emphasize Reese quite a bit. And but so, but him to have the humility yeah. to allow others in the you know, like we're totally. in this together and I'm you you give the proposal. I will follow your lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. like I'll support you. I will push this through with you. Yeah. And so many people remember him in his role as a pastor there and the way that he was a guide as he continually followed after Christ and worked that out in his church. And he empowered the people in his church to do that. Like it really changed the culture. And he acted as the shepherd to continue to point to these things that were happening and to be on, on the ride with the people. And it's so interesting. Like, I, I remember even one of my first conversations with him too. And he said, John, he didn't know me at this time, by the way. He said, John, I'm never going to invite you to preach at my church. And I was like, wow. I was like, you, like, I was like, you don't even know me. Why would you say something like that? Uh, I didn't say that out loud. That was going through my head. That was the internal dialogue. But he, the reason he said that, he's like, let me tell you why. It's like, it's not about who you are. And like, at that point, I, like, I hadn't known him that, that long. I said, it's because at our church, we really believe and we've built up in terms of like, having many different preachers and many different voices speak into it. And we've really been intentional of building that preaching team up so that even if there was something that shift, that there would be this team that is part of our congregation walking with them, that they know our congregation, that they could, at the moment's notice, jump in to preach because they could attest to what God was doing and, and the things that the Holy Spirit was stirring in. And he said, no offense to you, John, but for any guest preacher, they don't know our, our community. And so it's much harder for someone just to jump in. and. You know, we've built up this team so that we can be able to serve and minister together. 
And I walked away from that conversation being like, wow, that's a lot to process. <laughs> I need to work this out. And it's something that I think the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, wow, I really wish that could be the case for, for most ministry contexts, that it's not like one specific teacher, but like, you know, many people working things out together and teaching together. And I thought that was something that just stretched me so much. Well, and on top of that, it's a lay preaching team. It is, yeah. These are people who... May not have seminary training. Yeah, exactly. And a couple of them were the ones to speak at his funeral. And they were women, which is very significant. I mean, like the the team that that led the service for his funeral were women. Uh, Like a whole bunch of us were thinking about... A lot of us women afterwards were talking like, now that Tim is gone, who's going to advocate for the woman? Right. Because that's just who Tim was. Uh, I recently met someone and didn't like know that they had a connection to Tim. And she was saying, I just felt really lost in my context. And Tim was going to open, said he was going to open doors for me and keep walking with me. And now I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And in that moment, I was like, okay, no, that's fine. We have other people who will come around you. But I just thought, whoa, that was Tim's impact. That, like, he was known as someone who raised up women and was not intimidated by strong women. I remember one time when we were meeting together. uh, It was a Zoom meeting, though. And he was super quiet. And then I think somebody brought up, like, Tim, what are you you thinking about? He's like, well, I've been counting minutes. (laughs) Trying to see, like... How much the men talk and how much the women talk. He's doing research. He's like totally like counting the minutes. <laughs> Dang. I think that makes it hard in remembering someone because there were so many hopes and dreams that we could have envisioned having in terms of experiences or ministries or leading together. And it's hard to remember a person when we think about those things also not being able to be done together with them. And, you know, we were just talking about how he was supportive of so many people and he had many opportunities to dream about projects and different expressions of being the church and how pastors can support each other, how we can advocate for each other. And so... It can be hard, and I, th- I think it's appropriate, and I think it's, it's more than understandable and needed to be able to, to, you know, have a sense of feeling that, you know, we weren't able to have those, those partnerships and experiences with him. But I think it's also important to acknowledge that. Well, I think part of that, this practice of remembering, the, the point of doing it is Yes, to reminisce or even cathartic to, you know, the people with that. But you take the legacy of what this person's life was and go with it too. Mm-hmm. Take it, take it, internalize it. And we remember because these are the important things that have changed our lives as we walked with this person. You know, this other image bearer who's now like going, who's, you know, I believe you know, with the Lord in whatever that means. But what does that mean for us? Does that transform us? Does that, do we take on some of that legacy and some of that, like the, the best of stuff and maybe even lessons of the worst of stuff? 
one of the spaces that he's made, right? Like, you know, a big part of Tim's legacy is making space and cultivating and opening up environments where people can thrive. And though he is not physically here, he's created those spaces. And maybe for some, it's only that first step. But others, they have already kind of taken that, you know, further along journey. And, you know, like you said, Shu, maybe that's part of that invitation, right? Like how he imitated Christ making and extending that table. And that table is beginning to open. And others are beginning to recognize that, yeah, we need a bigger table. I think, like, maybe that's also part of the recognition of, like, you know, where we are, too, as we are impacted and shaped, as we're remembering. A friend was sharing with me, like, right after the funeral, he, he's, he said he, he caught himself thinking, what would Tim do? Not, you know, because it was just the, like, because of that making space, because Tim had so much patience. I mean, the funny thing is I knew he didn't. Like, we would be texting during Zoom calls over the pandemic, and he was, he'd be really frustrated, but he wouldn't voice it to other people. But it was that grace where he was like, no, this is what this person needs from me in this moment, and this is how I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. I marveled because he brought progressives and fundamentalists to the table. And he had friendships with both sides, whatever those sides are. I don't know if it's spectrum. It's not a spectrum. Anyways, it's not a sides. There are no sides. But I just, I, I once told Tim, I was like, dude, this person's so annoying. I don't know how you do it. And he goes, I just sit there. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Power of just being present. Right, yeah. exactly. That was his gift. So I'm like, okay, how can we live into that, but then also live into the ways that he built into us? Which is super fascinating, as you said, you know, your friend thinking about, like, what would Tim do? I think what Tim would do is turn that back on you, right? Like, where is, where is God inviting you to? Like, what is it, right? Don't be like me. <laughs> I can hear that's him probably say, I can hear him say That's that. probably what he'll say, right? You know what I mean? And so I think that's... That's also the the beauty of it all, right? Yeah, so I'm thinking about, like, you know, all the conversations that I was involved with Tim. And there's some ongoing projects that we were a part of applying for grants. And, I mean, I, I have to say that I marvel at Tim's capacity to raise money. Like, that was just something that he was really good at, at helping people understand the causes he stood for. But beyond that, I'm just thinking through, like, no, the next steps are to to have lunch with these people that we committed to doing this project with. Mm. Because that's that's what Tim would do, but we aren't going to have a conversation about Tim. Right. <laughs> and we're going to keep pushing that work forward because that's, yeah, it, it was something that we were really excited about and something we thought genuinely could bless the church. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really interesting conversation as we practice remembering is because, in a way, we can be able to say that we want to imitate him in the ways that we saw him live out as an image bearer, as a Christ follower, and someone who reflected Christ. And yet, Tim did it in such a way where he didn't want the focus on him and want people to ask the question, what would Tim do? (laughs) But it's part of the remembering is that we can be able to celebrate and acknowledge and affirm the ways he engaged as 
something that God used him in and that he demonstrated, while at the same time, instead of just making Tim as you know the, the perfect exemplar, just to be reminding ourselves that he would ask us the question, what is God doing in this space? And what is God inviting you into? And for us to be continuing to wrestle through it, because that's also what he did, right? He did it himself. And as much as we are inspired by his example, I think he would push us to not be necessarily to do it in the way he would do it, but rather just to be following the process that he is, he was on and he was continually on and how he was continually hopeful in. And that gives us something to really, you know, be continually blessed by Tim, uh, even after he's gone. One of the things that he said to me um, early on in our friendship, he would say, we need to stop talking about things. We need to start doing things. And I think that's one thing we really could learn, because I think a lot of us in the West, we like to talk a lot. And I'm not, I'm guilty of this too. But maybe it's time we start doing things and start experimenting. And start seeing where, what God is up to. Because I think that's what Tim did, right? Like, yeah. As we kind of wrap up our conversation today, I'll be honest. I will very much miss Tim. And yet I am still continually inspired by his example. And I think back fondly because not only of who he was and the things that God did through him, also in those spaces that God was doing something in our relationship as friends and as co-laborers in the kingdom that will have a lasting impression on me. And in that way, hoping that I will continue to follow in that example of, of experiencing what he experienced and to be able to and likewise, in whatever context God leads me into, to be able to engage people in a very present way and in a caring way and making space for what God is doing and the importance of that interaction and relationship with that person. So yeah, sitting with all of that, and I don't know if it'll ever change, but you know, I'm okay if it doesn't change in missing Tim, but also learning from him and continually being blessed by his memory. Not going to lie, I really hope he's listening to this right now. So <laughs> he's like blushing, you know? You know he totally is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think for me, what, like totally with you, John, on that. Let me put this another way. I was going to say I want to love people like Tim did, but really I think he loved like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think what I want... From like coming out of my friendship with Tim, I want to be a better listener. I want to be a better carer of people. And I want to lean into my gifts. Tim always used to say to me, stop wasting your life. <laughs> You're so blunt. And so I, I think that's like honestly one of the things that I want to make space for other people. I was sitting with the realization that I've got a lot of capacity and I've got a lot of privilege. and as much as I thought I had been stewarding those gifts, like Tim's life has challenged me to actually take a second look mm -hmm. at how that 
that plays out. Yeah. And to say, and one of the funniest things was that Tim would say to me, he's like, you're so good at saying no at, because he was bad at saying no. Um, and, but I think I've gotten better at saying no. And I want to use that no with grace so that I can say yes to the things that God is actually calling me to. A few people in, in my community have passed away in the past while. And I, just from what you're saying, like, just what resonated, Xenia was just, yeah, don't waste your life. And I don't think he wasted his life. Not even a little bit. Like, it's just, I'm thankful that there's a guy like that in, in, our, in our area and who's impacted so much of us. And, but yeah, life is short. <laughs> I think just everyone thinks they're invincible or something. But what does that look like for each one of us to not waste our lives? Mm-hmm. The worst, it's like Monica is probably closer to Tim than I was, but uh, my wife, but um, <laughs> then she's like, like, I, I'm, I don't know how to make this not sound not bad, but she's like, take care of your body. You know, it's like, she's like always pointing to like this stuff. And I'm like, it's not that he didn't take care of his body. If anything, he looked great. Like he, he just, I knew he was, you could see it. Like he was taking care of his body, but it doesn't matter. It's like, who knows when your life will be, you be taken. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but your li- how you live in light of that. And yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough to think on that end, but but yeah, at least there's that hope that we still have, you know, that we don't grieve like those who don't know Christ. That living fully, you know, it's it's kind of pretty awesome to to look back at Tim's life where he lives so fully at the present moment, even though he is looking forward, that there is like a vision and a hope forward and also an honoring of the past. Like that was the kind of life he lived. And I think like, yeah, I don't think he wasted his life because he lived every moment like that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, you know, that, that I've been kind of thinking about just as we were talking, like I think about like how he honors so many people that has shaped who he is for better or for worse, right? And I think about how he seeks to shape others in the lessons that he learned. And it makes me think about like, you know, where is God placing us? You know, like we're not the young leaders anymore. We're aging out, right? Like, and I, I've seen... You more than me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but just like, you know, you think about Tim. At one point, he was a young leader. Yeah. At one point, other people see him. You're the next generation of leader. But when he realizes that he wasn't now the next generation of leader, he intentionally poured out. He intentionally makes space. And there's that awareness. And it's like not necessarily the passing of the baton, but just the generosity that was held. And, and I think, you know, I hope that I or we can be generous, you know, to those with us and after us and older than us, but just that generosity. Yeah, I, was just, I said last week, I, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing Tim be an elder in our, in our church. Like, you know, one of those graying wise but he he wasn't graying oh actually he was yeah, he actually was he was graying he, he just cut that hair down all the way <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right but he was he was wise and i i think that's that's i want to aspire to be that kind of person to be that kind of elder and to give honor to both the past 
so that we can live into our future. It is definitely a good thing to aspire to. In so many ways, I think we can say that, you know, Tim lived with so much of that intention and care. And for us leaving an example, and a very like, you know, flesh and blood example of walking in the ways of Jesus has impacted so many of us. So that will be it for our episode today. Hope you've been blessed by this time of remembrance. And if you have a story of Tim, please let us know. Or was there someone specifically that was part of your life that you saw follow Jesus in such profound and deep ways that it impacted and shaped who you are in your own journey today? We'd love to hear your stories. As always, you can reach out to us by email, Twitter, Facebook, or by Instagram. Our email address is contact.campodcast at gmail.com. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and to share these episodes with others. That helps us to get this conversation out there. You've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time. Peace forever.